I didn't get a single deal off of cold calling. So that's when I was like, all right, I got I got to pivot here. So turned to digital marketing, created my website, um, did extensive research for like, you know, what keywords I need to be pushing for. And it was about three months after I started, it was, I think it was about in the beginning of February, I got my first lead that turned into my first deal. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Tristan Patrika. Tristan's a serial entrepreneur based in Scottsdale, Arizona. He's always had a passion for helping others, which fueled his desire uh, for starting his first digital marketing agency. Um, Tristan, your, your bio is very interesting. There's a lot that we're going to talk about, I've, but I just want to start with, you know, first saying thank you. Thank you for coming on the show, uh, taking out the time today. Um, I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's an honor. And will you just start with your story, kind of tell us your background, uh, and then and we'll just dive in from there. Cool. Yeah. So originally uh, born and raised in uh, Western Massachusetts. So just, you know, was there pretty much all my life, high school, and then college, I went to uh, Assumption University, uh, played lacrosse there. And then after school, I wanted to get my master's, be a forensic psychologist for the FBI. And um, so I started looking at schools, both in Boston and San Diego. And while I was kind of mulling that over, I was just bartending. Uh, so then I decided that uh, with Boston and all my passionate for sports teams there, it's probably not the best for my studies to uh, to be there. So I ended up going to San Diego. My brother and cousin had just moved out there and you can't beat the weather. So um, that was uh, where I headed. And from there, uh, decided not to end up going to school. Um, as I was bartending, I met a few people. One guy was in digital marketing and he basically said, you know, if you ever get tired of getting people drunk, uh, we can, uh, you know, I'll teach you some, some marketing stuff, some SEO. My company's hiring entry level. Uh, you know, you'd be great at that. So, so why not? So I did that kind of fake it till you make it. He taught me, uh, few lines of code over a few whiskeys and um, went to the interview, got the job and basically just fell in love with digital marketing at the time and uh, continued to grow with that company. And then I was fortunate enough to work for a few other really, really good marketing agencies and really learn the ropes. And then um, I did that for uh, up until, well, I still do that, but I took a shift into the short-term rental world in uh, 2019. The captain of my college lacrosse team, Michael Shogren, who's uh, big in the STR world, um, he was doing a free webinar. And so I just popped in to just really say hi to him and um, learned that, you know, okay, you have digital marketing on one side, and then here you have the hospitality, which I had been in previously. So the two worlds just seemed perfect. 
Um, so that's kind of when I decided to create my, uh, my short-term rental management company here in Scottsdale. And that's pretty much what I'm still doing now. So I still have a, an agency in San Diego. We primarily do turnkey websites and marketing solutions for doctors, mostly dentists, optometrists, uh, some veterinarians, and then um, the short-term rental thing on the other side. It's oh, awesome. Uh, so many parallels here. What part of Mass? I'm from Massachusetts as well. So oh, I, okay. when you said Western Mass, I'm like, what? What part did you uh, come from? Where did you grow up? Uh, the, I was in Pittsfield, right okay. next to okay. Mainsboro. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I grew up in uh, Middleborough, so like oh, okay. towards the Cape. Um, cool. Also a big Boston sports fan. I have uh, season tickets to the Pats. So we, nice. Okay, <laughs> we can, so you uh, get it. We can. Uh, share stories about that but um and also now live in la so i i understand moving away from that weather <laughs> uh when you you know kind of got this start in digital marketing so this was you said 2019 uh the digital marketing i started in 2012 okay right and start term in, in 2019 yep so the digital marketing was something that was kind of new to you and you were um just met this guy sort of fortuitously and and got in there and sort of learned the business yeah more or less i mean i knew that bartending was not a forever gig uh you know it was just kind of in that middle stage of like what do i want to do is it grad school you know law school um you know i then quickly switched from forensic psychology interests because it seemed a little kind of doom and gloom every day and I wanted to do something a little more positive. So then I started looking at like sports agency, like being an agent for, for NHL players. Um, and so I, I just knew I didn't want to do the bartending thing. And then th what really interested me once I started down the digital marketing road was at the time there was no Harvard School of Digital Marketing or of SEO. Yeah. And so to me, that was really cool how anybody could become the best at, you know, SEO, at digital marketing, uh, just based on looking at trends and A and B testing and reading what, you know, experts are saying. It just seemed really cool that you didn't need a piece of paper on the wall to be, you know, a, seen as an expert, you know, one of the go-to people in the industry. So that's kind of how I fell in love with it. And then very quickly, I started helping out being in San Diego. Uh, I started helping out a lot of veterans, um, a lot of Navy guys who were getting out of the service and starting businesses with their trades. Uh, you know, some were CBs, so they got into construction and others had fight gyms. Uh, and so they came to me quickly, like to rebuild a website or to help them with their marketing. And so I very quickly fell in love with the fact that I could help small business and help these people who served our country you know, doing what I love to do and helping them grow a business to help them support themselves and their families. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And it, and it, I was going to ask you, I mean, that 2012 is, I feel like the beginning or, or before now, I feel, now I feel like everybody talks about digital marketing and it's like, if you don't have a business or if you have a business, you need to have, you know, some level of digital marketing but I don't think it was quite so prevalent then. So it, it sounds like you were really kind of on that, the forefront of, of that industry. 
what what was it like then versus like now what do you how do you you know how how has that evolved uh over the last 10 years i guess yeah i mean at that point it was really like you you know people were just getting well you know some small businesses were just taking websites seriously and finally getting into that game or they had a website that their you know 17 year old niece built for them that was just like one page, you know, type of thing. And so we, we were kind of educating all these people as to why it's important to have a website. And social media was growing. Facebook was still, you know, pretty prevalent. Um, and people were starting to move their businesses over to Facebook. But then Google, um, their business profile was was Google Plus at the time. And most people don't even remember Google Plus. Um but it was basically like a Facebook account and you had a main profile and you could have friends and all that stuff. And so most of the stuff in, tw in 2012 was just educating people on getting websites and that sort of thing. And a lot of Google paid ads, um, which are, I think are, are kind of dying out now because generally generationally like the younger crowds now just ignore ads pretty much altogether on Google. You see the sponsored link and people are like, ah, and they scroll down, scroll past it. Yeah. So many of us do it. Um, so it's it, it was just a different different world then. It was, you know, basically get a website up, maybe run some Google ads, and you were done. Now, you know, you have your website is like bare minimum. You have to have a website. But now, I mean, I talk to people who sometimes I'm like, you don't need SEO because they have 90 something thousand followers on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is. So now we're we're more of a social media driven business or businesses are more social media driven they can target very specific people for their products and then yes you want to get them to your website to convert them but for the most part you just see a huge push in people spending money on videographers and photographers and media specialists who can take an hour long video and chop it up and create two months worth of content to go out as little reels or TikToks or whatever it may be. So it's been crazy to see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that was really interesting to kind of see that evolution and be a part of it. And so then you sort of discovered short-term rentals and you, you, you said, uh, I, I mean, I, I, as soon as you said that, I was like, of course, these two things go together. Like that makes total sense. It's, it's uh, especially again, I feel like that's like evolving more and more. It's if you don't have a good um, online presence for your short-term rentals, you're not going to do well. People, you know, the, the market is uh, fairly saturated and without being, um, you know, kind of without standing out uh, digitally, because it, I mean, it's, you've got to have a nice property, but you've also got to be able to make people aware of that. So, Talk to us about your kind of journey into that, into short-term rentals, how that started, what, you know, kind of what form that's taken for you. Yeah. So um, when I, after the webinar, uh, Mike had uh, a course, STR Secrets course, and he taught basically co-hosting. So finding owners or investors who have a property and they're looking for, they, they don't want to run it themselves and they don't want to get rid of it. They need someone to step in, manage it, do everything for them. So that was how I, you know, I saw that because I didn't have the capital to go out and purchase properties. And I didn't even know what arbitrage was at the time. So it just seemed like a good path. So started 
through his content, learning about setting up the business, getting the LLCs and the bank accounts and setting up the whole business portion for the short-term rental stuff. And, um, and then I realized like, okay, now I got to start cold calling. So I was going on, you know, hot pads and Zillow and reaching out to places that were for rent by owner and trying to, you know, pitch my little ski, you know, my, my sales pitch. I've never been in sales. So I was, you know, that was always an interesting kind of conversation, but you know, I was doing 25, 30 calls a day, uh, sometimes more and just, just hammering it, trying to find people who, who were interested in this type of service. And, um, so that I didn't never, I didn't get a single deal off of cold calling. So that's when I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta pivot here. So turned to digital marketing, created my website, um, did extensive research for like, you know, what keywords I need to be pushing for. And it was about three months after I started, I think it was about the beginning of February, I got my first lead that turned into my first deal uh, here in Scottsdale. And then it was probably a few months later, uh, my website ranked one, number one for any term related to Airbnb property management in Scottsdale. Um, and that's when I started getting a lot more leads. And now I'm at probably 70 to 80 leads a month. And I can just kind of sift through and, and you know, take the the ones that we that are a good fit, which primarily we do luxury here. Uh, that's kind of the niche we carved out is the luxury properties. Um, just a it's a it's just a better market because it's so saturated. Having smaller properties is just really hard. And it's really hard to have those conversations with owners when they're saying, why am I not booked? And, you know, this is crazy. Why are we so empty? And it's like, well, there's, you know, 15,000 of these things in, in the few neighborhoods surrounding here so um yeah i mean that's that's basically how it all got started and just kind of kept the marketing going and then started going to meetups and different events and meeting a bunch of new people and industry leaders and it's it's yeah so it's been pretty crazy since uh i started yeah and so i think you know i've interviewed a lot of different people or a lot of people from different areas of real estate and you know and even within within the short-term rentals there's different niches right like so yeah. you're not i just want people to kind of understand and, and maybe make sure i'm understanding but you're not you're not actually purchasing these properties you're you know, sort of managing them for for other people for uh in, in investors alone or um just like homeowners that want to to rent out their own house how how are you i know you're saying luxury so i'm assuming this is more like an investor side but but what's your specific target i guess that that you're looking at here so it's mostly the second homeowners the vacation homeowners uh we do have a few investors um one guy who's you know in iowa and you know he got the house for his wife 15 years ago and they've never been um so it's kind of been more of an investment for him and uh, he's interested in other investment deals and that sort of thing. So we're kind of going down that road. But pretty much everybody else comes here for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, New Year's. Like they, so I run the house and then when they want to come use it, we block out the days and they come and do their little family vacation here. So that's been mostly the people that I've talked to who they want to come here because it's beautiful and they're in 
Portland, Oregon or in Washington and they're sick of the weather. And so they want to come down to sunny Scottsdale and um, relax and enjoy their house and have it make money for them uh, while they're not here. Sure. So you're essentially for them, I assume it's kind of a, a hands-off process. Yeah. Yeah. Is And we, for a lot of them as well, we, we help them find the right property. So using our different softwares, you know, they'll say, Hey, I'm interested in this house. I go, okay, well, here's the numbers, you know, here's what it could potentially do. There's other properties like this one or that one that could be better if you, you know, like that sort of thing. And so we kind of help them navigate the, the original purchase and finding the property. And then once they, you know, close on it, we have designers, interior designers that we work with who are specific to the short-term rentals. They're very knowledgeable about what works, what doesn't work. So we can do a full-on design, load it up, you know, get it staged, do the photos, build out the listings. Uh, and then we have a team, uh, my communications and, and basically the um, operations side, we have 24-7 guest communication services. So we, yeah, they handle all the guest stuff, anything that gets escalated, they bring to me. Um, I mean, originally it was just me answering guest questions, you know, night and day. So very quickly I had to pivot because that just not was not sustainable with, with two small children. So, and a wife, I mean, I, you know, I got to give everyone attention. I can't just be on my phone all day, all night. So, um, but yeah, essentially it was just hands off for the owners. They, as I said, the only, you know, if everything goes well, the only time you'll hear from me is with the monthly report and the check in your bank account. So that's kind of, that was kind of our promise up front to be totally hands off. We will do everything uh, and you'll have this property running in the, you know, streamlined. How many, uh, how many properties do you manage? Right now we're at 13. Um, at one point last year, at the beginning of last year, we were at 34. And then I also quickly realized that not all properties are the same. Not all are good fits. Um, you know, honestly, just some owners, we were not meshing. Uh, so it just wasn't a good fit. So we let some owners go, uh, parted ways mutually. Um, but then, yeah, I, I really started to realize that it's not just about grabbing, you know, as many properties as I possibly can. That's going to drive success. It's nice properties that, you know, are good for us, a good fit for us and a good fit for the owner. Those are the ones that we want. And it was after really after I read Mike Michalowicz's pumpkin plan um, that I started to realize like, okay, I need to need to start trimming the fat here and just really hyper-focus on the properties that are making us the most amount of money and get rid of the ones that are taking up the most amount of my time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that 80, 20 rule. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, yeah. And it, it, so, I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating business model. And, it, and again, just like a, I don't know, just another example of how in re within real estate, you can, you can find a way to sort of make it work, make, create a business, however that, you know, fits, fits with your skill set. So, mm -hmm. you know, ha having a background in digital marketing is, I think, going to be hugely useful in the short term rental world and being able to, to appropriately market them and, and get them, uh, you know, keep, keep occupancy up at these properties. The, this last point here about, you know, sort of, you know, sort of trimming out the the customers that weren't a good fit, I think is is kind of an uh, 
important topic to focus on for a minute just in the business world right and so um i don't don't know if you know who alex hermosi is um, oh yeah but i I think hermosi fan yeah like they're they they talk about this a lot and and they're not the only ones it's just uh probably (laughs) very uh front of mind to a lot of people now but they the idea of just you know you don't necessarily running your business in such a way where you're just looking for as many customers as possible or as many sales as possible like isn't necessarily always the best thing for yourself and your business you, you need to look at maximizing what provides the best return for your business right and like for you as you said you know with children and a wife it, it if if what you're doing is is taking up all your time away from the things that are important including maybe the 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 higher higher return customers and things like that but also family it, it it's it's a i think a big realization that people probably should come to uh if you want to have a really successful business model what i guess what brought you to that realization and how did you kind of make those changes yeah, I mean, it, it was just, I, I knew because there was so, so many days I was just driving around the properties to fix like little rinky dink issues. Um, you know, prop, some of the properties weren't in the greatest shape to begin with. So we kept running into, you know, roof leaks and things like that. And so I was just spending my time like in, in non-income generating tasks. So, you know, that's all I was doing was driving around just putting band-aids on stuff. And I just realized like, this is not how I'm going to achieve my goals. Like doing this stuff is not how I'm going to achieve my goals. And I didn't have the money to throw at it and and hire, you know, a bunch of people to go do this for me. I had to figure out a different way. So I can't throw money at it and I don't want to throw time at it. So that's kind of when, um, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people and always were talking about different books. And that's when the pumpkin plan came up and then you're like, you know, you really gotta, you really gotta look into this. And so I just fell in love with that concept and it just made perfect sense. Um, so if anyone, you know, has not read that book and you're in business, like absolutely check it out because it just changed the way I, I looked at all of it. And it was really uncomfortable to take that step and, and, and let a bunch of money or, you know, money out the door, but my numbers almost didn't change and in fact for some months they actually went up because i was spending my time on really those top you know 20 20 percent of the properties that were generating 80 percent of the revenue and they were just killing it and the more you know time and effort i put into those the more they were doing and the easier my life got so it's just and, and and i learned that too with the owners because some owners uh, you know, I was trying because I was early on and, you know, you want to be a people pleaser and you want to make everyone happy and bring on all these new clients and keep them all happy, but they all have different needs, different wants. So I was just juggling, you know, dozens of balls in the air all the time, putting out different fires. And I just realized like, and and after talking with people much wiser than me, I realized like, no, stay in your lane of what you do. And if they don't like that, then it's not a good fit. And that's okay. 
And so I really started to put my foot down and be like, I know you want this, but that's not what we do. I'm really sorry. I wish you the best of luck. And, you know, sure enough, like in some cases, probably 30% of the time, those people revisited my inbox uh, four months later, five months later. Okay, we'll do it your way. Let's just let's just move forward. We'll do it your way. Whatever you want to do, you do it because they went to someone else who wasn't doing it as well or whatever the issue was. And, you know, so I, I learned like, no, stay, you know, stay in your lane, stick to your stick to your values and what you your core values for your company and just don't bend uh, if it's if you really don't have to, because that's when just things get so complicated in any business. When you step out of your, you know, what you do best and try to please everyone, you know, you you please no one. Yeah, that I mean, that's a great point right there is is just because no not every customer is going to have the same you know sort of ideal of how it all looks or you know same as you said like they, they're not going to want to run things exactly the same way and so if they're not doing it your way or what you're optimized for then it just ends up being you know kind of a huge headache for you and and probably an unhappy customer so it it's just the idea of it being a more of a fit issue is is exactly right. It, you know, I think definitely, you know, people get caught up, I think, especially when you're in the beginning and you said you want to, you want to please people, you want to make customers happy. You get in that, you know, sort of hamster wheel of just, oh, I got to do this. If I make this little tweak over here, I can make that person happy. Well, now I have to turn it, you know, this, and, and it's just, it does, it becomes um, overwhelming. And then you can't actually make anyone happy because you're, you know, sort of doing things so different and you're not, you're not really uh, streamlined for the the process that you're trying to to put out there. So I yeah. think that's great. I, I haven't actually read that book. It's um, sounds very interesting. I, yeah. I think if I've... The principle is basically the idea, the whole pumpkin thing comes from uh, state fairs and the pumpkin competitions who can grow the largest pumpkin and basically what happens is these farmers go to these um, events where they sell the seeds and a single seed for these giant pumpkins can be like $1,800 for one seed. And so they'll buy the seeds, they'll start growing pumpkins and along the vine, other pumpkins will show up. And so very quickly, they have to identify the top pumpkin in the patch. And once they do, anything that grows on that vine, they chop off all resources every nutrient has to go to that one pumpkin or else it's not going to be a winner and so he just parallels that to business you know don't get distracted by all these little things stay focused on the main goal on what that is and if anything comes around like you got to just chop it off you got to stay hyper focused on what you're doing and that's kind of the dumbed down cliff notes version um but that's essentially what it's what it's about yeah i, I mean it's a it's a great point and a, and a great, um, I guess, philosophy towards business. I think it, it makes a lot of sense and it, and it probably helps in preserving your own sanity as well in terms of, you know, get, get I think a lot of entrepreneurs get caught in that sort of run around uh, trying to make everybody happy. Um, yeah. So you're, you're doing this, you're still working, are you, you're still working as a, um, or you're still taking clients as a, for digital marketing? I know you said, um, sort of in the medical space. 
Yeah. So, uh, so that company, which is based in San Diego. Um, so I am COO and I basically just do, you know, anything operations, um, streamline new softwares, things like that, and just kind of oversee all of our, uh, our development. Uh, and then we do have a, a sales team and they do a killer job. They go, they fly all over the country. We primarily just sell at those conventions. Um, so they'll go set up a booth in convention halls and, and talk to doctors that are their office managers. Um, so I do quite a bit of that. I'm still, you know, when we originally started the company, our plan was like five years and then let's sell or do something and go do something else. Um, so we're going, we're pushing our sixth year. So we're, you know, trying to streamline all of our processes so that, you know, if we do sell or however we approach it, um, you know, we'll have an out. But for now, you know, I spend a good 30, 40 hours doing that stuff. And luckily, I was able to really streamline how I set up my operations for the short term rental stuff. So again, with that team 24 seven with communication, you know, I check in on some things, I drive to properties here and there. But um, you know, with my computer and stuff, like I'm able to pretty much work on the road. So, uh, it's been nice. I mean, I, we still love, you know, doing, growing that side of the business. Uh, it's been exciting and getting, you know, new salespeople in and meeting all these new doctors from really all over the country. So, um, and it helps me kind of stay up on the, uh, the SEO and the new age of digital marketing and how we need to pivot. Cause it's, five years ago, it was not what it is today. And we have these conversations once a month, like, do we get on, you know, do we start pushing TikTok or Instagram or like, how are we going to help these doctors make that next push? They have a website, but again, as we talked about earlier, like what's next, you know? And so that's really um, what keeps me busy the most. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it I think it's a, uh, I guess a good example here for people too, in that, you know, you had a you had a skill set. You're developing businesses, but they they all do sort of still tie together, right? Like there's still that that marketing, media, you know, kind of even even on the short term rental, like like we said before, like it's a that's a big part of that business is is sort of uh, the awareness of the of the properties and and marketing them appropriately. So all of it all of it ties in together, even though it, you know I think sometimes people might think you know. Oh, the problem is there's too many businesses or something like that, but it's, that's how people do it. That's how entrepreneurs grow and have multiple businesses. Oftentimes they're, there's some sort of parallel and then they have good operating teams with the, within each business. Yeah. Hermosi talked about that a lot when I first started uh, watching his stuff. Um, you know, I, I went down the rabbit hole so fast when they're like, Oh, check out Hermosi. And you know, four hours later on YouTube, I'm like, yeah. still it's going to next video, next up. video. Yeah. But yeah, he talked about, um, his new, what is it? Acquisition.com or whatever. Yeah. yeah his new company. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I get into all these businesses and no matter what, like I find a similarity between them and something I learned from this business. I can then take at least a little bit of that idea and use it in this business. Uh, and it's so true. I mean, I've helped landscapers build websites and then all of a sudden I had a light bulb moment for my short-term rental business or for a dentist or whatever. Like I'm saying, how the hell does that even like parallel? But it's just sometimes those light bulb moments happen. You go, oh, I remember when we did X, Y, Z. Yeah. I'm going to try it with this one and see if it works. Oh, that worked. Awesome. So yeah, I definitely. 
well and it, it's he just released his his new book the 100 million dollar leads and it and it, i don't know if you watched the launch but it's like basically like the the concept is about you know all these different systems he uses to find leads but he would throw up examples of you know people he's worked with and this is how they grew their business and some of it was based on his his original book and so but it was like they weren't all in the same industry they weren't even remotely in this it was like and 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 you know if people don't know his his background was in was gym launch they they yeah. they grew gyms but it was like all of it was just marketing essentially like marketing something that they knew about and they took all those marketing tools and kind of moved them into how to grow these other businesses and and so he was just putting up all these examples during the launch and it's like here's you know uh different you know whatever it was like landscaper here's a here's a an online business here's the and they were just all very different but the the concepts of attracting leads having a product that is better than everybody else's it, it like you kind of can't lose if you've if you put that those pieces into place so it is a it's a really cool concept um and and sounds like you know you're doing exactly that within your businesses um Tristan I'm, I'm going to switch gears here and just ask you the questions that I like to ask every guest okay. uh and the, the first one is based on the name of the show being know your why so I always ask every guest what what is your why? What what's driving you? You obviously, um, you know, had success in a in a number of businesses, um, but what kind of keeps you keeps you moving forward and being motivated? Yeah, I mean, I I think it, so. It really started um, once you know we started to get traction with uh, my marketing agency and and realized like, okay, I'm pretty much never going to work for anyone else again. Um, and so that's when I really had to kind of switch mindsets that, you know, there is generally not going to be a, a, a lifeline out there. You know, I, I like, I need to make sure that, you know, I'm doing everything the right way and things aren't always going to go to plan, but like, I'm not going to be able to just like, I don't want to just quit and go back to corporate or whatever it is. I, I have to make this work. So I, I did kind of embrace the entrepreneurial life, um, and then, you know, my, my grandfather, whom I never met, he died long before I was born. Um, but he was an immigrant from Italy and came over at 13 to Ellis Island and didn't speak a word of English and worked construction and took very, you know, of his little pay, he spent money on English lessons and, and like a mail-in English course. And um, so while he was working construction, uh, you know, he was doing those tests and studying and learning. And um, probably a few years ago, my aunts discovered a box uh, in one of the houses and it had a bunch of his old tests and not one of his tests was under 98%. So he was just killing it, you know, working labor jobs and then studying and learning English. He became a foreman and then eventually started his own company. Uh, and the company's still operating to this day. And, and well, an offshoot of it, they got out of the, the road construction probably about uh, 15 years ago, and they've been doing precast concrete. But they did um, the main bridge. We did the the main bridge in Boston, uh, seven of the parking garages at Yankee Stadium, and um, yeah, a bunch of other bunch of those other other big platforms. But um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of felt like you know. It's just something driving me after kind of seeing what he went through and 
I mean, at 13, you know, at such a young age, like having that determination is just something that I've always just loved about, about that story. And so that really is what drove me. And then now that I have a family, you know, those are the types of things that I want for my kids. I, you know, I don't want them necessarily to just, you know, walk in my footsteps. You know, I, I want them to experience what they love to do and try to do things and fail a lot. And, you know, those types of lessons that we learn, and it's certainly not been an easy path. And I know it's not going to get be easy the rest of my life, but it's, it's challenging. It's rewarding. But I mean, my why is, is, you know, basically just create a life that's fulfilling, but also challenging and just show and, you know, encourage people either around me or my kids, you know, that you can do anything. I mean, you really can, you can, if you want to do this or you want to do that job, like find a mentor, pay to learn or give your services to learn and learn it and, you know, just keep moving forward. So that's, you know, basically what drives me now. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Love the story about your grandfather. It just, just shows, you know, if you, if you're willing to put in the work, uh, you know, there's virtually nothing you can't accomplish. So it, it's very cool to have that uh, sort of inspiration in your background. Yeah. Um, tell us something about yourself that uh, isn't common knowledge special skill, a hobby, just something to, to let the listeners know you a little bit better? Um, see, well, I mean, I've had a few, few things. I mean, one, probably the biggest thing that's been a huge passion of mine was coaching. Um, so I coached high school lacrosse, uh, won a state championship in uh, San Diego in 2013. Uh, continued to coach. I actually just took the, uh, this past season off with um, the kids, we had, our daughter was born last year and with two kids, uh, it was just too much, too much to put on my wife, putting the kids down. Cause I'm gone, you know, pretty much five, six days, six nights a week for four or five hours, uh, during the season. So I remember with our first child, like, you know, I, I'd read them a book in January. And then when I got around to putting them back down to bed in April, he's turning pages and reading the book. And I'm like, God, what did I miss, man? So, yeah, so I just realized, like, I kind of want to take a break. Um, but I love coaching. I love competing. Um, still play hockey, uh, ice hockey here, uh, lacrosse when I can, love golf. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just a, a competitor. And, um, uh, yeah, that's basically it, you know. Super cool. Well, someday, someday uh, you'll be able to coach your kids so you can bring the, bring the two together. It'll be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for that. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's, what's the best way? Uh, so I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Tristan Patrika for both. And, um, and you can check out my short-term rental website and get, get a hold of me through there, which is Sojourn, the company Sojourn Properties. And that's at sojournaz.com, S-O-J-O-U-R-N-A-Z.com. And LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn too. Yeah, we'll we'll put that uh, in the show notes so people can find you. Um, last question for you, Tristan. What piece of advice would you give to someone who wants to get started? In, I mean, you can take this in in you know sort of business or entrepreneurship or real estate whatever um whatever avenue you want to go but just just someone who's looking to get started they hear this and they're inspired what what would you tell them um 
My biggest piece of advice is whatever they want to get into, find someone who's doing it or doing something similar and try to have them mentor you or someone like that. Because mm -hmm. I found there's just so much value in those mentorships, finding anyone, you know, like Hermosi talks about it too. I mean, just finding people who are, who've done something that you want to do to a, you know, been incredibly successful like follow those people, read their books, you know, and, you know, take in all of their advice and their knowledge, and then don't be afraid to go out and do it on your own. And, you know, just constantly, you have to keep evolving and you just can't quit because, I mean, there's definitely not, there's definitely going to be some very difficult days and you question like, why am I doing this? You know, it'd be so much easier to just go back to my old job making, you know, five, six figures or whatever it is, you know, everyone's in a different boat. But um, I had a lot of colleagues who, you know, didn't want to hang up the W2 job. And now three years after that, you know, they can't believe that they waited so long to pursue the business that they wanted. And they're incredibly happy, incredibly successful. So it's a huge leap of faith. But um you know, I'd say go out and pursue it. And there's a famous Steve Harvey video. Uh, I think you can YouTube Steve Harvey jump. And he talks about jumping off, you know, verbial cliff. And, you know, your chute won't open right away. And you're going to bounce off the cliff a few times. And, you know, but eventually you just have to have faith that it's going to work. And um, so, yeah, check out that video because he says it a lot better than I can. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's what I try to teach the kids that I coach and the my friends that are getting into new business is like, find what you want to do, find someone doing it well, and just pursue it and don't quit. You may have to pivot here and there as I did, but continue on the path and be sure of your goals, write them down, study them. Don't just write them down once and stick them in your desk, like focus on your goals, put them on your wall, get a whiteboard, write them down. Like you have to be hyper-focused on your goals or you're not going to move the needle. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's, that is great advice. Uh, perfect, perfect way to wrap this up. Uh, Tristan, thank you so much for coming on the show and being a part of this and, and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. I think uh, a lot of great stuff there for people to, to, people to uh, learn from. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Folks listening, I know you're going to love this. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, put every, I'll, we'll put Tristan's information in the show notes so you can reach out to him. Um, please uh, go ahead and like, rate, and review the show so we can get more great guests. Um, and thank you all for listening. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.